So hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Champion podcast as we roll through the national hunt season. Um, we're joined again on the podcast by Mr. Colin Finley, who's sitting um, prime there in his BedXS shop in Kilbegan, County Westmead. Good evening, um, Colin. How are you? How are you doing? Not too bad. We're joined by Ronan Groom from the Irish Field. Green hey, Ronan. And Thomas Coyle. Racehorse trainer who have to apologise um, for shutting him up early last week and put the kettle on as he was um, just about to tip her up for the, the, the novice race at Cheltenham. Very sorry, Thomas, but we're glad to have you back on. <laughs> no bother. How are you, Barry? And you have to go meet a man about a horse tonight, so we can't delay you. Um, I think I think the point is is probably more what you're what you're going for down the local. What do you what, what do you reckon? Uh, a bit of business first, and the point after. I think. Absolutely. Listen, lads, we are going to look ahead to the Betfair Chase um, this weekend, the famous clash between Altior and Surname at Ascot. And we'll look ahead also to Ronan Groom's favourite meeting of the year, the Tritown Chase at Navin on Sunday. And if there's anything at Goran on Saturday as well, we'll discuss it all here on the Champ Daddy podcast. Uh, first of all, Colin Finley made a promise on Finley's roundup on Sunday night that he was going to hold up his betting slip. Uh, first thing on the podcast so Colin fire it up there we go you can see can it there can you well, he's got 150 win Alexia the Nuts 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. champion hurdle I like you, that a lot you kept your promise Colin Finley and I'll give you one minute to, to explain why why you why you've went for this one well I kind of I, I liked him in last year's Supreme Novices he never got the run that day and I haven't seen a whole lot from this year's champion hurdler so far to really make me think that this horse is 33 to 1 look fair enough yeah the, the extended break from the track is a bit of a worry he might run over Christmas I won't be expecting to win over Christmas but he's the kind of horse now who comes back next springtime I think the plan is to go for the champion hurdler which is half the battle with these these long range anti-post bets I just kind of, I'm happy enough with my bets uh, the one thing I kind of noticed actually this, this slip which I placed in Ladbrokes there today Ladbrokes betting slips are the thinnest bits of paper you could ever get. When I was in boarding school, the jacks roll we had had more ply paper on them than this paper betting slip. This will do well to survive <laughs> to March next year. And the other thing about this, I know I know the reason why Barry Doyle wanted me to have this bet because you're talking about bringing me to Chatham next year for the first day and you'll be on my shoulder when this horse goes over the finish line going, Findy, you're up five grand there. We're going to Club 21 in Chatham tonight and you're buying all the points. That's your plan there in the background, Barry Doyle. You want, you want to take this anti-post uh, king off my head, crown off my head. Um, do you want to tell the lads, no one has congratulated me on Harambe. Um, I'm still waiting for people to congratulate me on Harambe's great wood success. Put him up at 33 to 1, Colin Finley, um, and lads, for the for the great wood hurdle. What about that for a shout? That, that That's better than your Alexia or the Nuts uh, at the moment. Where's the betting slip? Where's the betting slip? I'll have it. At, well, it's gone now. It's it's, it's in my bank account. <laughs> um, it's all on the, of course, the eight, the hashtag eight points um, to play on a Saturday. We'll be running that competition with all the lads. Um, we'll explain a little bit about that at the end of the podcast. Anyway, we're rattling through it. Um, first things first, lads. Altier versus Surname this weekend. Ronan Groom. Um, 
I think it's also a certain racing blogger during the week that you'd rather go to the Tritown at Navin on Sunday. But uh, sure, look, I'll start with you, Ronan. Um, Altior, whose camp would you be in for Sunday? I suppose Altior, a lot of people worry last year after uh, jumping, I suppose, remarkably out to his left um, when it last got, what was wrong? Was was um, was there something up with the horse or whatever? He meant hard work with it at Cheltenham, um, but Cernan was exceptional, to, uh, to be honest. And, and I suppose in the space of two runs, um, went up something like twenty-five pounds. Um, he'll take a lot of beating here, I think. What, what, what's your views? Um, I think Altior should definitely be favourite. Um, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing him going up and trip. I have been for a while, just like everyone else. I take on your point that uh, he has looked like he could be vulnerable. Of all places, Ascot could be the place that he is. But I think even I think it's not even a question if he does stay. It's the question that you have to ask, is he good enough? But he's so classy over two miles. If he can transfer, you know, three quarters of that up to, to two mile five, he'll win he'll win grade ones. Surname, everyone's talking about him after after uh two huge performances over this course and distance last season. Jeez, I don't know his record fresh is 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 shocking. He's 0 for four uh coming off a seasonal break. Mm. Uh, if you go back to the form um of 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 the grade one you want to ascot. It's not working out great at all. He beat Weight and Patient. It looked a great race at the time, and obviously it was a fantastic performance. But he beat Weight and Patient, he, who bombed out at, at Aintree. Uh, Min absolutely hammered him. And, of course, Altior is, uh, uh, it always beats Min. Um, I'd be strong enough now on Altior. Uh, I think he'll go off favourite. I think he'll stay, and I think he, he'll probably win, and he'll make it 20 wins in a row. Yeah, and do you think, I suppose... Um... The point I made about his jumping out to the left. What do you put that down to? Her? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. That was one. That was kind of one run, and I know he has kind of done it before, and it, it was obvious that day. But do you know what? I just think he he wasn't he wasn't a hundred percent all the time last year, and he was still managing to win. Uh, and if you actually look through, uh, in um, in comparison to surname, Altior's best performance tends to be the first his first run of the year as well, which is kind of a random enough event like so that kind of doubles down on, on surname if you think surname's slightly vulnerable like you're looking at Altior he's a 175 and he and everyone makes this big thing about surname being 176 which is fine I don't have a problem with ratings uh, on, on certain performances because he kind of yeah. deserve that but Altior is an absolute rock solid 175 while surname is is a, he could be slightly questioning over 176 as in he's only he's only produced one performance to make make him a 176 where whereas Altior he's 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 put up about double figure amount of performances to make him 175 so he's much more solid in that in that respect i just think he's he, he he's far ahead of surname as far as the market he's much more likely a winner uh, so if he got if he went anything like even money on on uh, saturday morning i think I, i'd be having a crack at that but just at the prices, I wouldn't personally be interested in having a bet because I think I I, I think I, I like to look a surname, but I think he probably is too short in the bet. And I think I, I do agree with you in that respect. But Colm, I spoke to you yesterday about this. I mean, just me personally, I, I'm not I'm not one to knock Alti or I was actually I remember putting him up uh, I suppose uh, as he was coming I remember being one of the, I suppose, the few that put him up coming out of novice company to to go, and I, I fancied him maybe to beat Duvan, and obviously we know how that how that worked out with Duvan and that, but um, 
just just I think last year he just didn't impress me and I I, I, I don't know like he's not getting any younger and I just um, surname looks in the space of two rooms we were discussing it yesterday column you seem to I suppose I'd say you'd agree with Ronan in the fact that um, in the space of t- two runs is that too big of a jump that 20 to 25 pounds yeah, look, oh, I'm going along the angle that this is too much too soon for this horse in terms of his rating. I think Ronan says he doesn't disagree with the ratings. I'm, it's just 26 pen hike. He had, he had 10 or like eight runs <coughs> where he was constantly guessed assessed at 150. The other thing that kind of creeps me out a small bit as well is his SP. So when he won the first time at Aintree, I think he went off a of four to one. If this was a 176 horse in rating, I thought he should have been a bit shorter. So he went and won the first day very impressively. The second day he went off a three to one again. When this when this form line could have had to start to be kind of bit established, he still SP'd quite softly, and I think actually Politologue opened up favourite over him that day on the track. So I think this horse is confusing Nichols yeah. as much it is confusing us. I think it's too much too soon. I think twenty six pound hike that rate. I I'm thinking that there might have been something kind of amiss with the other horses in those races on both those days that. This freakish mark now, Altior. Look, this horse is like Michael Phelps on the cover of Time magazine with the medals. Like his the mantelpiece is full in terms of what this horse has done on the track. Surname is not got anything to scratch him. And look, I I think this horse is is probably eight to eleven. But the, the tricky thing about Altior is that he always bets bigger in play. So could you really commit to eight to eleven or even money in play when you know he's probably going to hit two in running? And the thing is, you have to have the balls to go in running because all of your brain is saying to yourself, oh, wait, this is a time where he's actually going to hit a flat ball and not pick up again. But at the same time, though, I don't know, I'd probably, I'd probably back him pre, pre, pre-race at evens than sit there and hope to get matched at 2-1 to one or 3-1 to one in play. But I got, overall, I think Altior is a better horse and I think Surname probably is a bit flattered, flattered by the two races that he's had at Ascot. Fair enough. I don't know about you, Tom. I I, I definitely believed it anyway at Ascot uh, last year on the second run. I believed it. Did you? What, 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 what's, what's your thoughts? I'm talking about surname now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm in the Altior camp as well, to be fair. Three um, against one, is it? Yeah, no. Look, Altior's rock solid. And I actually think the step up and trip this year, is it, the horse is crying out for it. And like, this is a horse that we're talking about that's going to go for King George and that as well. So this is, this is a lovely stepping platform for him um yeah no i i like ronan said i wouldn't be like to think about that surname is actually officially higher than altior who's won 20 20 of his 22 races 20 in a row or 19 in a row um is is madness and like all right last year i know um colin saying that altior will go will will drift in running but um i think he'll travel yeah. so much better better now in the step up and trip he won't hit that flat spot that flat spot as much um yeah no um as ronan said if he was even money he'd be some better on saturday morning i disagree with you all i just think um but look but look look at look at surname like he he got back around places like carlisle and huntington and yeah it can't click of a finger and just keep going. It's his first run back as well. Like he's a monster as well, isn't he? Like he, you know? yeah, he's loads of scope. Um, yeah. just his jumping. Like, and I just think everything's in his favor. Obviously, crack track just, for the first run of the season as well. When you're like just Altior's Altior's first as well. Yeah, but you look at the type of horse Altior is. He's 
he's more like he's a slicker. He's he looks more like of an athlete. Where if surname is that big burly horse that everyone loves, it takes a lot more to get them horses fitter. You know as well. That's in my opinion now, just from from looking at them. Well made enough this week, and no one's really talking about it. Just going back to surname's record, coming off a seasonal break like last year, you look third beaten by Mr. Whitaker up at Carlisle, you know, well beaten. The year before that, beaten in a handicap hurdle off 133 at Chepstow. The year before that, beaten in a handicap hurdle at Ascot off 135. Like, no one's really talking about it at all, but if you if you want to back surname at 5-4 to four, with that sort of record fresh, you'd be one of the best chasers we've ever seen. You're gone bananas. <laughs> we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, yeah, look at I, 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 I see what I see what you're saying. Um, but I think he's, I think he's improved last year. His last two runs, um, improved no end. And sometimes you see with these horses, um, they can just improve, um, like that. Okay, lads, listen. We'll move on to the coral hurdle. Um, if the cap fits, uh, my fancy for the Sayers hurdle this year, lads. Um, won this last year. Um, my suspicion is you might need the run this time around. Um, Roxana, um, in my opinion, I, I think she was probably unlucky not to win the last day at entry. Um, Ronan, I might come to you first on this one. Did you take a look at the, the Coral Hurdle? Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, I'm not a huge opinion on it. Um, but I do think, it, yeah, I like it if the calf fits. Um, he's interesting going forward. Uh, he's only a seven year old, he, he could progress this year. And he's a course and distance winner as well, obviously. Um, I just think he might struggle to get the six pounds to call me Lord, who's been yeah. a bit frustrating, hasn't he? He's never, he hasn't really um, kind of kicked on, but he's already rated 160. Um, and he's lightly enough raced for a six-year-old. Um, whether he's rated, whether he's a, a true 160 horse, I'm not actually that sure. But he did run off that mark, hold that mark, uh, running in a, in a, hand, a handicap hurdle at Sandown. Uh, yeah. what was probably an inadequate distance last time out uh, he's an okay record fresh I don't even think he'll have to run that close to 160 to beat uh, if the cap fits first time out getting six pounds off him if, if you get my drift there um, yeah. so he'd, be, he'd be a tentative selection but I, I, it's not a race I'm going to have a bet in Fair enough Thomas come to you yeah, um, I think last year we were talking Barry and I thought Harry Fry thought if the cap fits was going to be his champion hurdle horse, didn't he? Like, he I know, and he got bet, he got bet first time up in Win Canton or something, wasn't he? Win Canton, he got bet in the elite hurdle, yeah, 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 and that changed, but no, definitely, um, going forward, as you said, I think he could definitely be a big player in the stairs hurdle this year. Um, just one in this race, I'm gonna, we were talking about Fusil Ruffles. Um, a couple Bruce of weeks ago. Ah, that's all um, just the horse that was second um, that day of Paul Nichols Grand Sancy. Um, just the fact that he's had a he's had a run um, coming in more race fit and that I know on ratings he's about eight or ten pounds to find on the on the two, but um, just with just with that run under his belt, um, I think he's about six or seven to one. He could be. Uh, he could be interesting. He gave he gave he gave uh, Fusil Ruffles or Raffles, whatever you want to call it, um, a good a good race that day. Do you know, he made him work at the end. Um, so like he he he'll strip fitter and uh, he could be he could give them a scare on Saturday. Colin Finley, I think Thomas is after senior thunder, is he? 
We spoke yesterday. Kind of, uh, I might try to elaborate a bit more as to why I think that, the, that that running the last day is good as well. Because, I again, following the Nicky Henderson stable tours, this comment that he made and call me Lord, who's rated 160, was stays hurdling, end of nothing else. When he was talking about Fusil Raffles, it was champion hurdle this, Christmas hurdle that. Now, Fusil Raffles would be rated about, I think, about five points or five pounds behind, behind Call Me Lord on the current rating. So I think you can kind of throw that out the window a small bit. Ron Sonsi is obviously a, uh, he's a novice last season stepping into this kind of company now. He runs a real benchmark. He doesn't tend to run a bad race. Uh, he gave Fusil Raffles a raffling the last day. He gave him, I think it was up two or three pounds of weight as well that uh, Thomas Riley pointed out. Yeah, I know you're. I'm looking at this and I'm seeing 152 seeding six to a 160 horse. This doesn't make mathematical sense in my head, but this is one of these races where I'm probably just going to throw the mathematics out the window and kind of go on good improvement, scope for improvement. Like he's, he's a five year old, all these other horses are pretty much seven year olds or plus. He has kind of scope for improvement and he is at benchmark. and I think he'll run to a good number. and I think come the end of the season, it'll transform into <laughs> a 160 plus horse anyway. So, look, he'll get to that mark. Yeah, fair enough. I'm siding with Roxanne on this. As I said, I think she she's probably should have won the last day at entry. I think she lost about two or three lengths when switched, and that mistake as well with the run under her belt as well. I just think if the if the cap fits, might need it. Uh, call me Lord as a handicapper um, at best, and I just think one sixty probably isn't a true reflection uh, of his form either. So um, Roxanne, it is for me. That's. The Haydock, the stairs hurdle race. It used to be the fix. Was it the fixed brush, lads? Um, Umbrigado um, heads the betting here at four to one favoured. Uh, short enough, actually, here. Um, so he's on exposed coming out of novice company. Uh, ran last year in the, in the, was it the two and a half at entry? Um, Ronan, I might come to you, actually. You love these big, juicy handicaps. Uh, is anything in here for you? Yeah, you mentioned them. <laughs> Not very original. Uh, I like Umbergado. Um I'm not going to uh, go on about it long because it's not a race I've really had a good cut at yet. I probably will uh, for the eight points to play on Saturday. But I can definitely... You there, Ronan, on that as well, don't you? Huh? <laughs> We're only one week down. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's early days yet. You know, this is a marathon and not a sprint. So... Uh, I'm buying my time. I held up a ridden like a good horse. Actually, you know what? When you're talking about it, you might as well introduce the hashtag eight points to play. Go on, I'll give you the floor. Tell the listeners what we're doing every Saturday. Well, the hashtag eight points to play is a fabulous competition made up by um, Barry Doyle himself. Uh, and the best thing about it is that you're you can... embarrassing me, Ronan. <laughs> well, you were looking for praise earlier on, so... Go on. Yeah. Anyway, the best thing about it is that you're tipping to price, which is something that not all competitions have. So <laughs> we're going to have a good crack at it this year uh, with prices, early Saturday morning prices, and uh, see who comes off best at the end. Eight points to play, so you can do whatever you want with your eight points. Three points win, four points win, or you could have, I guess you could have eight, eight single points if you wanted to bury. Is that right? Eight single points or eight points on the nose. And the best thing about it is, as well, uh, Colin Finley, who's sitting top of the table at the minute after one week uh, in action with six points, I think, in the lead, uh, plus six points, Colin Finley. I think he's going to sponsor uh, the overall prize as well. So he mentioned that to me during the week. So that's the way. Go on. Oh talk, about, talk about Umbrigado, please. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> 
uh, he, he, he kind of explains himself. You look at his profile and you go, he screams of loads of scope and improvement, only three runs over hurdles. He's got the grade one form where he just came up short last season, ran sixth to reserve tank at Aintree. Uh, the pipe, uh, David Pipe has won this race three times. He won it in nine, oh, nine, ten, and or 10, 11, 12, and 13. No, sorry, 9, 10, and 12. Uh, and he won it in the with the same colors with the Nast. Um, this fella, Sambertan, did he win that? Jerry Sambertan won it as well. And trying to think of the other one, Grand Crew, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. anyways, uh, Umbergado, yeah, first start after a wind up, first start of the season. He's a five year old, lo- opened loads of improvement. Uh, he's just coming in here, and you, you, you know, he's been targeted at the race. Uh, Quite an obvious one, but I think he, he, he deserves his place at the top of the market. Fair enough. Um, I like Stony Mountain in here, um, lads. I uh, thought he was impressive the last day at injury, and as well, again, he's that kind of novice stepping in, up into open company. So I suppose I look to stay as well. Richard Johnson wrote him the last day. I'm not sure if he's confirmed here. Tom O'Brien is actually confirmed, but he came in for money as well. Um, Thomas, did you get a chance to have a look at this? I just had a quick look. Um, the only Irish horse in it is Aiton Bob of Willie Mullins, who has been very consistent on the flat and that um, won a decent enough hurdle in Goran Park the last day. Probably didn't beat a, a, Yeah, The yardstick wasn't great in both her dove that he bet, but they were still a long way clear of the third. Um, I see Robbie Powers up to ride him. So, look, he, he'll run his race. He'll be there or thereabouts. And just won at a, at a big price. Um, She's actually entered in that uh, that other hurdle that we we're just. Ah, uh, you're not, are you? You're not going to say it. You're going to say my second selection. Mega Yates. Yeah, Yates. Yeah. Jefferson. Point to point. Yeah, she won her point to point down in Monks Grange in Westford for Dunica Doyle and Rob James. She won pretty handy. She a whole lot hasn't come out of the race, but she won very impressively. Um, went on then won. Uh, a bumper in Carlisle but it was second in a listed bumper in Cheltenham to the Glancing Queen that's her standout form she she won at 1-12 to 12 the last day she bet nothing but just she's going to have a she has under 11 stone I think she's 10-12 um, which is a nice weight and a handicap and she could be just at a nice price now she might get get involved so she might out of a presenting mayor uh, Colin Finley, when I told you we were covering this last night, um, you were wrapped up in bed with your little cuddly socks on, and uh, you text me back sick faces. Um, well, you... I tell exactly my mindset when I when I seen this race because like I, I'll happily admit to everyone, I actually kind of unplugged from the game a bit last year, just tied up with doing the shop work and all that kind of stuff. But uh, stepping back into it, when Barry Doyle sends me over this kind of a race here, it kind of reminds me of my Leaving Cert English teacher saying, "Colin, there's 500 page December bride to read from the Leaving Cert this year." Get stuck into it. I was kind of going, for fuck's sake, this is a, this is a tricky race. But uh, look, uh, a couple of things that I will say that I've noticed with the race. It's got this freaky thing that, for the fact, despite the fact that it's a wide open handicap, the winners tend to stay at single digit prices. I think like nine of the last or 10 of the last 11 winners have been at nine to one or less. Uh, doesn't tend to throw up that many in outsiders. So look, that's just one thing for the guys to the back. If, I, if you ask me to pick a horse quickly, kind of like to look at Tedham for John Joe O'Neill. Well, look, that would be a fairly uh, a fairly benign tip for that race. Now, as I said, it's a tricky one. I, I, I would have a strong opinion on it. One thing I do have a strong opinion on is the Betfair Chase. 
It's disgraceful only four runners go to post here. Million pound bonus, the start of the big the big uh, bonus lads here. Tom, I suppose you had interest in lost in translation last year. Um, we'll come to you on this one first. I'd be all over myself, uh, to be honest with you, after his, I suppose, fine comeback. Um, and, and just people were crabbing his, I suppose, saying that his jumping was a little maybe over-exuberant uh, for something like a three-mile um, a three mile graded, graded chase, but um, three mile chase in general. Um, that he, you know, would he get home? Is he is he losing too much energy in the air? That's the question I'd ask you, number one. But I suppose the Betfair chase, uh, King George, that'd suit him, would it not? More so, maybe then obviously we'll, we'll see then later later on in the season whether a uh, gold cup would be up the street. But, um, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, look, um. He got from he got better and better as the year went on last year. Yeah, he he looked he looked awesome. I know people were saying that about his jumping, but obviously the horse is fresh and well in himself. But he was to watch him soar over them fences in Carlisle the last day was. Uh, I think he got everyone. To, he he put himself on the map even a bit more. Although he bet only Count Maribel, but people were visually impressed. Um, I can't remember seeing a two miler jump as well. I know obviously Sprinter Sacker was an exceptional jumper. Uh, the tour, um, I know he went over two and a half miles as a brilliant jumper as well. But yeah, no, um, he, no, definitely. And um, do you know, like he, he he just he done it so easy. And for his first run, and he's obviously going to improve for that, as you think. Um, as you say, it's disappointing. There's only four runners. Um, Bristol the May. Like he's always knocking there on the door, but if Lost in Translation wants to put himself really in the market for a King George and a Gold Cup, he needs to be he needs to be winning this on Saturday. Um, I think he will. Um, hopefully they don't. I just don't see what the ground is. I haven't got it in front of me, but I do good know. As far as I know, good to I know he's fine on that. The couple of times last year when he got bet by. Uh, La Bagaroy, it was probably even soft to heavy. Um, so the less rain he gets, the better. Um, but no, um, real, real horse, proper horse to be looking forward to. And um, if he's going to lay down them credentials, he, he needs to be winning this race. Yeah, Colin Finley, I think you like him as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, look, uh, just to quickly touch on your sentiment there, I'd say the sponsors will probably bin that million pound uh, challenge from now on. Like, really, for that, not to tempt one Irish horse across the water first. I'd say to be fairly disappointed with a four-runner field. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in the Lost in Translation field. Look, the one thing about Bristol de May, I think we all know, is that if he's pre-Christmas. He, once he gets the Christmas turkey put away and the, stuff, the Christmas turkey stuffing sandwiches, he's not much good after Christmas. This is the time of the year from. I still think that Lost in Translation, though, with the run, he was very impressive last day out. He was eased up with the finish as well. So if you're to read a form, you might kind of go, he didn't beat the second that day. I think Count Maribel by that much, but he actually was a bit more impressive than the, the bare reading of it done. The one, if, I, if you wanted to take a small bit of an angle, I would probably look at Frodon on the basis that Nichols probably would have had to tell, tell Clondas of those owners you're not going for the million pound challenge. You're going over to Dan Royal, but Frodon, you're staying here domestically to take on this this kind of feat. If we're to work some kind of an angle into that, saying that Frodon has been given the, the chief role as Nichols' Gold Cup horse, maybe it could make a case for him. I'm probably going to stick with Lost in Translation at me for this race. I think he's a he was spectacular the last day, and uh, I I'd even I even take a small bit of comfort the fact that Lost, Slate House was running so well in the bet, bet victory last week. As I said to you. I think that the Tizard Yard have just got horses peppered all along 
that three mile staying division tra- chaser race and I just think they, they have a good benchmark there with a load of horses and I think they're very very sweet in this loss in translation Fair enough Ron and Groom do you think Real Steel will be able to live with them? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I couldn't resist <laughs> Should be going for this All, all jokes aside uh, I actually can't believe what I'm hearing here lads to be honest This person <laughs> of my should be long odds on if Lost in Translation translation can go to Haydock and beat Bristol to Mai on soft ground, he should be 6-4 to four for the Gold Cup. I genuinely mean that. You're talking about Bristol to Mai, he's absolutely rock solid. He's 4 out of 4 at Haydock. Three of those were by 22 lengths or more. One of them was by 57 lengths when he won this race. There's going to be soft ground. I know it's not going to be fast ground inside of it. It's going to be soft. And there is a bit of rain forecast. Not that much, but enough to keep it good to soft. He's near unbeatable at Haydock, lads. If you look at the race here last year, he beat Native River. And then he had the King George 1-2 well held back in third and fourth. Clandes Oboe and Thistle Crack. Like, that's unreal form. Everyone crabs Bristol to my because he says he can't do it anywhere else. He went to finish third in the Gold Cup after. He just is getting better and better as the season goes on. I know loss in translation is... The, the the novice from last year that's coming up, but he's the nine pounds and you can get six to five and eleven to eight to, to pair them. There's nowhere near as close as that. I, I backed Bristol to May this morning at, at um, six to four. Um, I'll probably back him again now that we have declarations, everything sorted. I just I just think he should be one to two here against Lost in Translation. I can't have Frodo on. Uh, for me, he should be just kept to Cheltenham the two my five. I would have ran him in the Beth Victor actually again off top weight. Um, you know, three miles a grade one race like this, I just can't have him. And up the top by the optic, you know, got piles to find really. I know he's in good form. Got piles to find in races. Really. I'm all over this Bristol the May lads. I really am. I, I, and and I accept completely how that loss in translation could be one of the next big thing. But you still have to look at that 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 novice form, which is. Still hasn't convinced me last year. Uh, the, the three mile novices coming through, the likes of Santini, Dell to work, mm. uh, got kind of disappointed first time out. Lost in translation, he's beat Count Mary Bell, the 146 rated Count Mary Bell. Now, I know I made a case for Count Mary Bell for the, for yeah, the for year, he's got well beaten there off 146, mm. and lost in translation, beaten only, only beaten by two and a quarter lengths, albeit he wasn't pushed out. I just think he has. Uh, Hiles to find. He may well do it, but there's no way he should be 11 to 8 shot to do it, in my opinion. Ronan Groom, you make a passionate case. Yeah, for, but, but them, them, them long victories as well, when he, he bet Q card, who was on his way out. Native River last year wasn't the horse he was. Like, and mm-hmm. when he was putting them big distance, it was heavy. Like, I know last year was good ground, okay, but he, he only bet Native River, who we also know wouldn't. He beat, he beat Tisselcrack and Clandes <laughs> But like, but then you have to you have to take into account that Colin Tizard has put this horse in the bracket that he's he's his next he's his next cue card that the likes of that like Again, he's put, all, he's, all he's put the horse there last year and he says this this is my next Gold Cup horse. A lot, a lot of people say that about their horses. They have to go and show it on the track, and I yeah. and accept he could be the next Gold Cup winner, but you haven't seen it yet. They definitely haven't yeah. seen it yet. Uh, Bristol Demai, he's got it and done it. Any horse that can beat Bristol Demai 
over three miles of Haydock is a serious Gold Cup horse. So we'll see, I guess we'll see. You, you'll be off real steel by Saturday evening, so you don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here, listen, I must ask you just uh, uh, very quickly, came into my mind today. Did you see uh, Footpad come out and was very impressive, Ronan, um, for a AC, very impressive, sorry, down in Thurless, mm-hmm. and getting quotes for the King George as well. Uh, what way do you see that one developing between, I suppose, the two? He's bound to send something, Willie, isn't he? Yeah, the, yeah. Football would be interesting, wouldn't he? He might send it, but he gets it hard to send them over. Will he just doesn't really like it? The the angle with real steel is that he needs to go right handed. That's nearly like accepted down at Clough Sutton. Whereas yeah. uh, footpad might be okay. There might be there might be something at Leopardstown for him. So maybe he thinks that is the way. But obviously footpad uh, owned by Swade and uh, Munir, so happy enough they might be to go. But sure, like if if Bristol and May wins, um. Yeah. Which I know he probably will win, like I've just said <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> They'll have that horse or football will be standing home. Oh, um, fair enough. Uh, anyway, listen, you were all tr- was was a tr- was a three against one for me um, in the in the, in the Altior um, surname battle. This one has got against one here, Ronan. Um, lots in translation. I think um, we'll do the business on. Um, Saturday evening in what I said was a weak race um, and I, I suppose it is disappointing as Colin was saying that we don't have an Irish runner um, the fact that lads we move on to Navin to the Tritown chase uh, Ronan it's your favourite day of the year um, it's like Christmas day for you um, <laughs> Tritown chase give us the winner please Do you not, are you not as excited about this as me Come on, give us the winner. Look, yeah, I'm not. I, it's it's not. There's no uh, declarations yet, but um, uh, there's just a couple that I am really interested in. One who is is just crazy interesting is Prince Prince of Scars. Uh, oh. Do you recall this horse he used to run in the Jigginstown colours? Yeah, yeah, it was a good yeah. three mile novice hurdle, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, back there in that 2015 season when he won the. He won the grade one over hurdles at Leopardstown on heavy ground and he was going chasing the next season. And for a while, I actually work, used to work for um, Paddy Power Betfair and I, I used to do uh, Gordon's uh, column. And he was all over this uh, uh, Prince of Scars. It was horse to fall over the year. Uh, he was going chasing. He was the next big thing. And it just never worked out for him. He finished. He actually finished second to uh, Road to Respect on his beginner's chase. Here, uh, can I interrupt you? Go on, eh? He must be still mad about him if he convinced uh, the Meneers to go and buy him after... Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how what, what the situation is with him, but he was let go for £11,000 uh, at the horses and training sale. Uh, and obviously, there's some sort of thing going on there that Elliot may, might have told um, Meneer and Sway to, to keep him or go for him or something but £11,000 Jesus we should have clubbed together lads and bought him ourselves he's a grade one winner send you him know? to Thomas mm. he's £9 yeah send him to Thomas to feck like you know it's lower over pounds. he's unexposed he might just be freshened up now obviously last season was a bit of a disaster uh, right? <clears> a <throat> couple of seasons uh uh, bombed out in a hurdle at Goran, uh, the presenting Percy race, and then ran no race at Punchestown uh, on ground that wouldn't have suited. Anyway, he needs soft ground. Uh, look, 
he's really interesting. He's he's nine pounds lower over fences. Um, he he could be thrown in off one tree one on Sunday if if Gordon sweeten them up. Um, the other one I just wanted to mention was uh, JP Horse. Uh, I'm hoping will run, and it's called Tower Bridge for Joseph. Mm. Uh, you probably well know this horse. He, he won a Grade One as a novice over hurdles. Uh, classy enough type of horse, and I think he just could be crying out for a step up to three miles. Uh, he ran some nice races last year. He ran second actually to Aplute Hard at Cheltenham in, in the novices handicap chase. Over fences, has he? Huh? I don't think he's won over fences, has no, he? Five starts, no wins, but his form is is okay. And um, if you go back to his hurdles form, he won that Grade One at the Dublin Racing Festival. He was fifth in the Albert Bartlett, and he was third to Santini in the Grade One over three miles at Cheltenham. That's all really classy three mile form. I think he's crying out for the step up and trip. Uh, and off a mark of one for one, I think he'd be very interested in the JP colours. He, he could be well handicapped as well. So they're, they're the two that are kind of on my mind and I'll be just looking and waiting for declarations before before getting involved. Fair enough, Thomas. Um, yeah, I just had a quick look at um, declarations around the morning. Um, just two, uh, another JP horse, Fitzhenry. Uh, was third in the Paddy Power Chase last Christmas. Um, was also third in uh, Porterstown Chase as well. So he'll stay. Um, if the ground, we're supposed to get a lot of rain from here till Sunday, uh, this side of the country. So he could be one of interest. Um, another one, the horse that was second in the last year, another one with her price, Mr. Diablo for uh, the Dempseys. Um, unfortunately, Luke broke his uh, ankle last week in a bad fall. Um, I don't know who rides it, but um, uh, Dempsey's horses are in great form. So he's one that really acts around Navin. And just then, just for my personal interest, Eddie has one in, the, in at the bottom. Um, he needs six to come out now, but uh, Fleming Storm is in it. He's been a good old servant. Look, on ratings, he has a lot to find with these. But um, if we get a downpour with nine tens back, There'll be more behind him than there will be in front of him, but I'm not saying he's good enough to win it. But uh, he's he's in good old fettle and uh, just with a lightweight. And if it does become a war of attrition, he he'll he'll be plugging on at the end. Jeez, uh, I remember being down at Punchestown one day and I saw you running running past me after uh, Flemish Storm after winning, and you never even you never even gave us the tip. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure, you should be. You need to see me before the race, lad. He went halfway up the running and he kicked out. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he had a book and skipped 50 <laughs> yards from the line. I was like, oh my God, where did you fell off? Um, uh, yeah, no, look, he's been a good old servant. He's had he's had his issues over the thing, but to be fair to Eddie, he's um he's wrapped him up in cotton wool and he had a nice pipe opener two weeks ago there in a hurdle race. He finished, he was beaten 20 lengths, but... Look, he's not, he's not a hurdler anymore. Chasing's his game. He jumps like an athlete. How are you expecting to go, like? Yeah, no, look, as I said, we'd expect more to be behind him than in front of him. He's Look, he's, mm-hmm. he was never in any of these classes, the thing. But the only thing is, if the ground comes heavy with that weight in his back, he, he, he'll, he'll run his race. But, he, he, you know, we'd be happy if he was in four, five, six. He, he's good enough to be around there. But to win, there would be something at the age of 11 now. Who'd be probably asking a bit much, but the horse is in, is is in good form. Good stuff. 
Colm, I think um, Ronan stole your thunder again, did he? I keep I keep telling everyone what you're going to tip up. I should be... Go on. Yeah, no, I, I, doing the research in the race, I'd landed on that Princess Cars as well. I thought the change of ownership was uh, was very, very interesting. Uh, you can imagine Gordon didn't want to let the horse go. He must have given the guys a call. And he would have given the call on the base of this horse is winning some good races. I don't think those lads are in the business of buying horses to run in low-grade handicaps here in Ireland. I'd imagine there's something like an Irish national plan percolating here in the background for this horse. I think he'd have to go up six or seven pounds to get in at the bottom weight. For that. I think actually Eddie Colley had the bottom weight in last year's Irish Grand National. I can't remember what mark he got in. I think it was like 137 or 138. But he'd have uh, to go up six or seven. Oh, it was a 135. So look, he, he, he could do uh, going up a few pounds. Chances are this horse could be like a mid-140s horse as Princess, Princess Cars. I think the change of ownership is something that really, that, that just jumped out at me. I actually noticed on the Racing Post website, they usually tell you when ownership changes ha- has, has happened and it's absent from this horse. You, you, w- you wouldn't know that fact if you weren't aware that he ran in Jiggins and Colours beforehand. It's just one that jumped out with me, Dave, the change of ownership. And I think this is a horse that will w- win a big handicap over the next 12 months or so. Whether it's necessary this weekend remains to be seen, but I do think that there is a plan and a place with this horse going, going ahead. 100% look at it Thomas we'll let you go to meet that man about a horse um, and enjoy the point as well um, lads listen that's a wrap for, for this week's uh, podcast we'll be back again well, myself and Colin will be back on Sunday night um, with the Finley's Roundup um, for the third consecutive week and um, the eight points be, to play as it, well it'll be just... lost in translation will it what's that It'll be a big roundup about Lost in Translation, will it? <laughs> yeah. We might bring Ronan on as well, then on Sunday night, if he wants to come in and, uh, yeah. Um, could be a lot of abuse coming coming his way after. Well, look, at <laughs> that's the way it is. Uh, the eight points to play as well, lads, um, on Saturday as well. So we'll be doing that for the... For the um, for the second week running and I suppose follow that on Twitter and make sure to get involved as well hashtagging uh, the eight points to play and uh, Colm you're sitting on top of the leaderboard as well so you'll be putting in that uh, the leaderboard the, the whoever's top of the leaderboard puts in a video every Saturday as well with their selections as well to see if they can stay on top so uh, we'll be back next week uh, previewing the weekend's action on Thursday as well so thanks very much lads uh, for coming on the podcast and enjoy the chat no problem, very good.